From Sandwich Community TV, I'm Manx Taiki Magyar, and this is Blindside. The entire audio interviews that I've cut to make my short-form video documentaries. My friend Eileen Powers was diagnosed with cancer, and instead of just sort of sitting there and feeling terrible, she actually had the initiative and the resourcefulness and the creativity to do this brand new project called Can You Make Me Hair, which she has friends, strangers, anyone who's willing to send her handmade hair. Yeah, so I had a really normal life. I was a graphic designer. I also worked as a photographer, I still do. And I lived on Nantucket for 10 years and then I moved here to the Cape in 2007 and I've lived here since. And you know, I run, I have a social life and I was very athletic. And the next thing I knew, you know, I started to feel sick. So in 2018, um, in the summertime, I started to feel fatigued and I just wasn't feeling like myself and I had some pain but nothing significant. And then I had just some routine tests. And on Labor Day I found out um, I had lymphoma, which was a huge shock. And for anyone who finds out that they get an illness uh, or cancer, it's an enormous shock right away. You, you don't have all of the information, you're sort of left with a phone call, a little bit of information, maybe what they think might happen, but you've got to go make all of these other appointments. And from that point on, the illness really does take over your life. It is what you do, it is your job. It, at least in my case, with something as serious as lymphoma, you know, um, and it needed to be treated pretty much immediately. Um, and then can you go and kind of go back into the, the exact origination of the, like you were an artist, you were yes. always illustrated, and how did, they, how did it transform your going through So this? I feel so lucky that, you know, that I'm an artist because at least I felt I had some of the tools that I needed to deal with a serious illness like this. And in January of 2019, I really started to get treatment and I was having chemo and, and that sort of thing and my my hair just fell out and when when you have chemo and I've had five different kinds um, all of your hair falls out your eyelashes fall out your eyebrows fall out the hair on your arm falls out and of course the hair on your head and through that process it's very easy to lose your identity you become very unfamiliar with yourself, with your face, with the changes that are happening on the outside and the inside of your body because everything's happening on the outside that you, you know, what you see on the outside, but there's so much happening on the inside. Your body's working over time to, to heal itself. So it was shocking to me to lose hair and I, I didn't know how to deal with it. So. I started to take pictures of my bald head. I started to try to figure out an art project with it. I put words on my head. Um, but it took me about six weeks to look in the mirror. I would kind of, you know, get out of the shower and sort of look in the mirror, in the, in the misty mirror kind of a little bit, and I'd be frightened and I'd back away. And, and after a while, you, you'd be surprised at how you, you can adjust. Like, you just adjust. And you're like, okay, this is what I am now. 
And you know what? It's oddly fascinating. So I kind of found it as an artist, I kind of like, well, what is this new thing that I have to deal with and what can I do with it? So in the meantime, you know, I kept taking pictures and I, I kept using my head for, for different canvases and things like that. And friends would come by and they'd want to help. You know, when you're sick like this, you know, people want to help. That They naturally want to come by, they want to say hi, and they want to bring you food. And when you have chemo, you can eat almost nothing. I mean, all these drugs make you so sick and so nauseous. And people would be bringing me, you know, pot roast and soup and things like that. And, and one day it just hit me, I'm like, oh, I don't need another pot roast. I'm gonna give these people something to do. I'm gonna give them an activity because people love activities. So I said, I'm gonna ask them to just make hair for me and I'll just see what happens. And, and so that's, that's how it began. And so I asked, I was running with my friend John, and John's a potter, and I explained to him what I was doing. He's like, I've got an idea, and I'm going, to, I'm going to make you a hair. And he did, and it was the first one that we got, and it was made of pottery, and it's made of, it's curlers, and it's, it's beautiful, and it's heavy, and you can put it on your head, and it looks like I've got, you know, um, spaghetti for hair, and away took the clay and put it through um, a spaghetti maker, and it's beautiful. And that's how it started, and people saw that, and they said, oh, you know, I, I can do that, I can make something. And from there, I started to get all different kinds of hair and all different media. <laughs> so at, at this point now, how many people have like given you, do you have like a rough number? Yeah, I think at this point now, I, I have 60 plus. Wow. And I got a lot from some graduate students at Leslie who contributed about you know, 10, I think I got from them. And that was fairly recent. So I'm trying to get 100. So I'm hoping to keep the project going. My hair's starting to grow back, but, and I'm, I'm cancer free now, but I really want to get 100 and I want to see um, where I can take the project. Because my idea is, you know, there are so many different ways that you can deal with something that happens. And it's a choice that you make, and I chose to deal with it in the most positive way I could think of. And I chose to make it into something I could do as opposed to something I just thought about. You know, you can think about your illness, you can just get yourself all wrapped up in what's happening, but I decided that I was a happier person doing, and some of us are, and I'm a, I'm a person that likes to make things. So I've made a number of these myself, and that's how I dealt with it. And I think that was a very healthy way for me to deal with something that was really unpredictable with lots of unknowns. My cancer came back twice, but I kept, I kept going with the project. I kept making hair. And I think it just shows you that you can focus on something else and that there's so many different ways to solve a problem. You don't have to take the conventional road. You can think of another way to deal with your circumstances or your situation. Has that, have you had a lot of great feedback from things, from, you know, cancer associations and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I had the work at the hospital up at Mass General, which was great. And I think a lot of, um, when they would get a, a new staff member, they would bring them by to see the work. So it was up for about, about five months. And I got a lot of great feedback from that. And then from there, I got a show um, at Leslie, which is happening um, in a couple of weeks. And I'll do a talk there. And I was also on NBC. I was interviewed um, for that um, for that show. I can't remember the name. Um, and I think that most of the feedback that I get is that you know it's 
people say it's like, oh, you're so inspirational. It's it's so great what you're doing. And and I always answer is that I'm just doing what I would have done naturally. This is how I adapted to a situation, and this is how you can do it too. You can think of a way that's different to adapt, and you can make yourself a lot happier that way. Because that's really what I wanted to do is sort of spread joy and some levity to people who are going through this with so many unknowns and so many people who are making decisions for you because you don't have the knowledge to make the decisions yourself. Um, I think I needed to take control, and the only way I knew how to do that was to do it creatively. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an amazing thing, and I guess it's also, like, interesting that, you know, you it's the kind of the opposite of, like, finding your identity, you know, because you talked a little bit about yeah, so you, you lose your identity right. and the next thing I knew I was becoming like all of these different people and I really enjoy when I get something in and it reminds me of a character or it reminds me of somebody that, I, that I've seen before. A friend of mine sent me a box and she had made this beautiful headdress out of corn uh, husks and in the box was a little bit of corn silk and that corn silk just, I just went right to the corn silk. And I put that on my head and all of a sudden I, I looked like the guy who had been standing behind me at the Dunkin' Donuts on Labor Day. The guy who was just kind of like, you know, impatient, wanted his coffee, was, you know, on his hurried vacation. And, and I loved that. Like, you know, every now and then I just get a little piece of something and I'm like, oh yeah, I met that person in a parking lot once. Or, you know, that was my next door neighbor. Or, or, or a hair will come in and like, oh, my third grade teacher. You know, so, so those are the ones that I have the most fun with. And then there's a whole nother subset of them that are more like sculpture. So people make them and you put them on and it's, it, it just feels like you're a piece of art. You have this beautiful, um, I have one that's made out of guitar and banjo strings and it's just like a sculpture itself. And it was made by two artist friends of mine who live in Kentucky and they went around to the musician community and gathered strings. And then they took strings from my own guitar and they put it in, in the piece. And I love that because it's, it was, this, this project wouldn't work unless it was a collaboration. It's, it wouldn't work if it was just me and a camera. I needed all of these people. And it's so much like the cancer process where you go to the hospital and you need all of those people who help you, all of the oncologists, all of the nurse practitioners, all the people who, who are in support positions. Everybody helps you and you can't do it without that. So I feel like this project really mirrors the cancer process. Yeah, I mean, it is such a collaborative thing on both sides, and it's, so yes. funny how it's just a parallel. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's such a simple idea. And I think about how, you know, I've I've worked in different forms of advertising, you know, most of my life, and I'm like, this is like an ad campaign. It's like the best ad campaign I've ever come up with. But th but sometimes it feels like that to me, except that I'm not selling anything, and I'm like, yay, I don't have to sell anything, you know. And it's been so much fun. I've met so many people, and so many people have just have reached out and just wanted to talk about their cancer or talk about what it's like to make hair and that's one of the beautiful things about this is that it creates this bridge between you and people who might not normally know how to speak to someone with an illness. There, you know, people don't know what to say to you. They don't know if you're going to live. They don't know if you're going to get, end up in remission and luckily I am right now. But people don't know 
we don't have the language to really deal with a lot of these very difficult situations in life and people don't want to talk about death. And I think this project gave people that a bridge so that they could talk about something else and then maybe lead into talking about things that they, questions that they had for me or questions that they had in their own life. And, and the other part of it is, you know, there are hair heads, I call them heads, that I have that um, people made together. So. I was a catalyst for a conversation and an activity that someone else had with a friend. And I love that. I didn't need to be there. I didn't need to help. All I, all I did was make a suggestion and they, they did it themselves. And I'm, I'm so proud of that because I think that's how we make joy. And I think that's how we spread joy to other people. And, and my hope is that someday other people will, will do this for their friends going through chemo. You know, they'll make hair for them and maybe I can post those pictures of what they're, of their, what, what they're creating. Mm -hmm. I think it's really fascinating with the, the communication aspect of it because mm -hmm. it's so weird. Like my mom had cancer and, and I feel so guilty that I just didn't know how to talk, you know? Cause we you don't was, know. And, and I'm sure you have so many experiences with people in that. Yeah, and I think one of the things about cancer is, you know, I, I dwell on this a lot when I talk about the project, but, but language. There's a lot of language that we use around cancer. There's a lot of language that we probably shouldn't use around cancer. I, I don't particularly like the warrior metaphor. I don't like to consider this a battle. And, and I consider my project another conversation, a way to change that metaphor about battles and fighting and warriors, because that's not how it felt to me. I've never been in a war. I don't know what that's like. Cancer is more like guerrilla warfare. It's more something that creeps up on you and you make a thousand decisions every day about your treatment, about what you're going to do, about what you can do. And that's the hard part about cancer. And then you wait. And so to me, it didn't feel like a battle as, as much as it felt like some sort of trial I was being put through. This was a challenge and a test. And I just chose to try to find a way to deal with it that was colorful, that reflected me, and that could reach out through, to other people. You know, people want, they want to do things. And when you give them an activity, they respond very well. You know, people want to do something, and I think people want to want direction. And I'm type A, so I'm like, I'm going to give you some direction because I don't need another pot roast. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of pot roasts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, do you have any other things? Um, I mean, I just, I don't think you introduced yourself at the beginning. I don't sure, know if you want yeah. that. Sometimes I don't really include it, but it's always just good to have. Um, I, I mean, sometimes I have like a catch, not a catchphrase, but like a little sort of like, hi, I'm Eileen Powers, and I, if you want to do that, kind of like, kind of almost do a greeting right to the camera. Okay. Um, but I don't, and then right after you say your, your full name, say your sort of position of whatever you want to be, like I'm the, the founder of this movement, or I'm a survivor of cancer, whatever you feel that most you'd like to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Eileen Powers and I created Can You Make Hair For Me? The purpose of this project is to bring joy and levity to people who've gone through cancer and to their caregivers. So after 11 rounds of chemo, major abdominal surgery, a stem cell transplant, 
and CAR T-cell immunotherapy. She's now cancer-free and still going strong. She's still willing to accept other hair donations. It's part of her project. So keep a lookout and follow her on Instagram. Blindside is a sandwich community TV podcast. Subscribe to us on your favorite platform or visit us directly at www.sandwichcommunitytv.org so you can stay up to date with all the newest content. Thanks for listening.